0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. All right, Chavra, let's get started just
1: you know, had the accident, oh, yeah. so she had the
0: she's in recovery room. So what's her name? Can, uh, Claire Bat Mazal. Mazal. Okay, so our learning tonight should be as a refuah shleima for Claire Bat Mazal. Zat Hashem, all of our learning should be as a chut uh, for her recovery. Amen. As well as, we've been learning all of our shiurim, really, as protection for our brothers and sisters in Israel and throughout the world. And uh, our learning should be a protection. Be'ezat Hashem, Hashem should take care of them. We have one of the more interesting parshiot in the Torah this week, which is parashat Noach. This is full of interesting things. We ended off Parashit last week talking about how from the top of creation, Adam Arishon, his children began to act in ways, and descendants, ways that were not appropriate. Until we reached the generation of Noach, they were considered big sinners, many different sins. Rashi speaks out what those are. To the point that Akadosh Baruch Hu said, I've had enough of this. I want to destroy this world and start fresh. And there was one man and his family and a few animals that were fitting in Hashem's eyes to be saved from that entire world and to recreate the world as it would move forward, following the year of the Mabu. And that was not. And the Torah starts off and tells us noach, noach ish tzaddik, tamim italech noach. Now listen to the Pasur. It in, it introduces us to this Noah really at the end of last week's parasha, but now it speaks about him at length. These are the offspring of Noah. Noah ish tzaddik. First it says he was righteous. He was perfect in his generation. with God. And how many people in the Torah do we know that when it introduces them, talking about Sadiqin, it talks about them in these glowing terminologies, with these wonderful accolades? Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu. What about Yitzchak Avinu? Yaakov Avinu? And is Noach even considered Jewish? No. It's a, uh, it's a Noach, the Torah, speaks about him in the most beautiful terminologies, and Rashi says, why? Because there's a concept, which is, Zecher Tzadik Livracha. What is Zecher Tzadik Livracha? Usually we hear this in the context of someone who passed away. But really what it means is, when you mention a Tzadik, you're supposed to say good things about them. So therefore, when Noach is mentioned in the Torah, the Torah goes out of its way to say the wonderful midot, the wonderful character that he possessed, because zecher tzaddik levracha. you mentioned tzaddik, say positive things, say good things about him. That's what Rashi says, that's why it goes out of its way to say all these wonderful things about Noach in this context, the beginning of Parashat Noach. Now if you would read this, you'd say, wow, this Noach was a tzaddik, and he was. He was fitting to be saved, just him and his family, nobody else. This is further emphasized, you look a little bit later, Parag Zion now. Hashem comes to Noach and he tells him, look, Noach, you and your family are the only ones that I'm going to save. Everybody else, I'm going to destroy them. Hashem says to Noach, Bo ata vecho betcha You and all your family should come <inaudible> to the teva. Ki tzadik lefanai Because only you appear righteous in my eyes in this generation. So Rashi says, wait a second. Originally, it says all kinds of things. Tzadik, tamim bidarata, And here it just mentions that he's a Sadiq. Now, that's big, but it, it lessens the praise. Why does he lessen the praise later? Says Rashi. We learned from this a very interesting idea. sheomrim When you're not talking in front of a person you say all of their praises. So originally, the Torah is just introducing him. It's like the narrator of the story talking. So there, it's not in front of Noach, it says all of his praises. But here, HaKadosh Baruch is talking directly to Noach. When you talk directly to somebody, you only say part of their praises. You don't want to let it get to their head. So when you talk straight to somebody, you say some of the good things, but not all of them. You talk behind his back, you could say a lot of good things about him. Okay, that's what... But what would emerge from these Rashi's very clearly, Noach was a tremendous man. A tremendous man. And why does the Torah go out of its way to tell us all these praises of Noach? Zecher tzadik livracha. That when you mention a tzaddik, say very good things. Say the good things about him. The Torah goes out of its way to emphasize that. Beautiful. This creates a problem for me, though. Because if you look back at the beginning of the parasha, according to some miforshim the things that are said here about Noah are not actually that positive. I'll show you what I mean. Rashi says, Eta Sorry, bidorotav. First, let's go with that. It says, He was a tzaddik, Tamim He was complete. He was perfect in his generation. So some people learn this as a praise, and some people learn it's a negative thing. What does it mean? So some people learn it's a praise because if he would have been in Abraham Avinu's generation, he would have been even more of a tzaddik. He was in a wicked generation. So he was tzaddik, but if he would have been in a righteous generation, he would have been even greater. But some learn it's actually a negative thing. According to his generation, he was righteous in a generation of the wicked. He was a he was a righteous person, but if he was in Avraham Avinu's generation, he wouldn't have been considered anything special. Okay, so according to some miforshim, the pasuk is actually highlighting something negative about Noach. It's it's a tamim Yeah, because he was in a generation of wicked people, so he looked to be a tzaddik. But if he would have been in Avraham Avinu's generation with a tzaddik like Avraham. He wouldn't have been considered anything. Now, a similar idea. Et noach. It says, uh, he walked with Hashem. Now, et alokim means Hashem supported him. Says Rashi. But by Avraham, it says, he By Avraham, it says, Hashem told Avraham, you walk by yourself in front of me. As if Avraham Avinu was able to carry his own weight. Noach needed support to carry him. But Avram was strong and he could carry his righteousness on his own. So again, another almost like a negative jab towards Noah is, eh, you know, Noah, you're great and all, but you need Hashem's support to be righteous. Avram Avinu. Hey, there it says He could walk on his own by himself. So this brings us to a difficulty. If the purpose of mentioning the wonderful things about him is, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, so I understand why the Torah goes out of its way to say all kinds of great praises about Noach. Why does the Torah go out of its way, according to the other Mepharshim that Rashi quotes, to say negative things about him? What does that teach me? We don't need to just stom say bad things about Noach. It's not necessary. We have to learn something from it. So Zechat Tzadik understand, say positive things. But why would the Torah go out of its way to contrast him with Avram Avinu? Is that you're not as great as Avram? If you would have been in his generation, you wouldn't have been significant. You need support, and Abraham didn't, will not need support. What lesson is the Torah teaching us in highlighting the negative elements of Noah? The positive, great. But the negative, why would the Torah go out of its way to say the negative, especially in the context of him being the one who was saved. He was saved. He was the righteous man. Why do you have to go out of your way to say negativity about Noah? What is the Torah teaching me? And as a second point, there's this contrast between him and Avram Avinu. Who said he's Avraham Avinu? You don't need to make a contrast at all. He was a tzaddik. Avram was a tzaddik. <laughs> Why would the Torah go out of its way to show yeah you're righteous but you're not like Avram? Why is that important? You want to say things about somebody, so say nice things, okay, fine. But what do you why do you go out of your way to say negative things? What lesson is the Torah teaching us in going out of its way according to these Mepharshim, saying negative things, comparing him to Avram and saying he wasn't as great as Avram? What's the lesson? There?
1: Yeah, go ahead, David. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Everybody. That they asked God not to destroy everybody, to have mercy on them. But no one didn't have to be a yeah. good thing. He just saved himself. Amazing, amazing. Amazing. We're gonna get we're gonna touch on this. Amazing. That is the that is a big difference between Abraham and Noah, no you question. Have, uh, mm-hmm. for other people, you know? Amazing, amazing. Amazing.
1: What do you mean? Amazing. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you about that.
0: Now look at this. This, I think, is a very sensitive topic today. This is something that's been bothering me, and we'll we'll tie back into this momentarily. If you've been following the stories and the news as it comes out, it just came out with this hospital thing in Gaza. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. There is such a blatant double standard that exists in the media and in the world between how there's a viewpoint versus towards the Israelis and the Jewish people and that of the other nations. This is nothing unique, by the way. This has always been this way. We're just seeing it play out in real time. We're just seeing it play out now. I'll give you one example. This recent time is one example with this hospital story. (laughs) I'm not going to say that I'm proficient in every detail, but just as in short, a hospital in Gaza was bombed. The initial reports came out, sorry, I shouldn't say bombed. A hospital in Gaza was damaged by something, rocket, bomb, unclear, shmah, shma, shma. Hello, hello. News came out initially because all the news outlets are irresponsible. 500 dead people, the Israelis shot a missile in. That was the original news. Okay, That didn't make any sense because there's no... One second, one second, one second. There's no benefit in the Israelis shooting a missile at a hospital. It just hurts themselves. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so initially, the Israeli government was smart, and they said, we're not sure. Whereas the other, the Arabs, immediately it was the, it was the Israelis. Okay. Investigations went through. Now, what ended up happening was, seemingly at least, from the reports of the, now the news stations are reporting, after their irresponsible original news, it was the Gaza Hamas Mamzerin who shot a rocket that went errant and it went off its path and they ended up killing. And it was a tiny, it wasn't a tremendous damage, 500 people. You look at it, they show the hospital, it's standing. Take a look at the hospital. The entire report was biased and wasn't true. Okay, fair enough. But now let's stop for a second. Originally, the world thought it was the Israelis. Shooting at a civilian hospital, sick people, women and kids. What was the reaction everybody had? Israelis, terrible! Now we're going to support Palestine. Of course, the Israelis have been bad all along. Oh, it turns out that it was uh, Palestinian Hamas. not the worst, stuff. The Israeli government and the Israel and Jewish people in general are held to such a higher standard and expectations and are people are far more critical of something that they may have done wrong than the other side, when they do something wrong. It's not fair. It's really not fair. This is just one example. But throughout the past, whatever, 11, 12 days we're holding now, this has come up multiple, multiple times. Multiple times. And by the way, I will add, throughout our history, this has always been the story. Why is it that that's the reality? They're far more critical of us than they are of other nations. And you could just say it's anti-Semitism. You could say, well, "Where does that come from? Why, why are they so much more critical of us? Little thing we do wrong, and suddenly the whole world is out against us. And then the other nations do that. And, All right, not the worst thing. You see this theme repeat itself throughout history. Why is that? It seems so unfair. Where does this come from? Yeah.
1: And I'm going to tell you a personal story An unbelievable story yeah. about that in about The what? The is, oh, okay,
0: there, that's, true, that's true Similar idea Beautiful Beautiful Rare? In Tanit, he just pointed out. No. We're yeah. always held to a higher standard. Always. That's we how it's always been throughout we history. It's, the it's the unbelievable. The I, I, yeah. I agree. You
1: did you ever see the ratio, the rate in uh, the, the people that got re- rewards for the Nobel uh, award? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's off the, the charts. Jews off the charts. Compared to the yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, no. It's the Nobel, it's Nobel yeah. All of those. How in come the nation of 15 million people, religion, okay, that counts 15 million people in a world that have 8 billion people, no. so effective? For good. Mm-hmm. In uh, industries of uh, retail and uh, wholesale and anything that you want, they have something that they, is, they involve it. Yeah. Such a small nation. So the standard is so high mm-hmm. that if there is any mistake, any failure or something, mm-hmm. it's also so high. Because it, it, there is no balance. Mm-hmm. It's, go, it's either you go down the, all the way, all the way down, or you go up all the way up. Mm-hmm. So when there is something that happened When there is a s- suspicion for something happened, The whole world is waking up mm-hmm. How can I do justifying all of this At the end of the day you're doing apartheid mm-hmm. you know, Murder, exactly. you bombing Exactly you are, that's
0: the, that we, You're saying because of our greatness We're naturally held to a higher standard Is that what you're saying? That they expect more
1: It's like the, 100%. the balance is either going up All the way up It's going down, it's all the way down and We'll tie back
0: into this momentarily Let's look at the lives of Noach and compare it to that of Abraham. But before we get there, let me ask you a very interesting question. Just I just think, was thinking about this today. Who's the first Jew? We call the first Jew. Who's the first Jew? Adam. Adam's the first Jew? No, not necessarily. Who's the first Jew? Abraham Avinu. Why isn't Noach the first Jew? Very interesting. Why do we consider Abraham Avinu to be the first Jew? Noach should be the first Jew. Look at these accolades. Sadiq, Tamim Noach. He is a holy man. And yet, we know Avraham Avinu is the first Jew. To the degree, I don't like to say this, but we know that it, there's there's this concept of the Abrahamic religions. You know what that concept is? Abrahamic religions means is that Abraham, from him came the three major world religions, which are Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. The reason I don't like to say it is because it creates like a shaviyot. It creates like an equivalency between them. And we know that that's not at all true. There's no equivalency. But they call them the Abrahamic religions on the name of Avraham Avinu. So even the world recognizes, like you just said, Aurin, he brought, what's the word? He brought monotheism, thank you, to the world. But Noach was a great tzaddik. So we don't look at him as the forefather of the Jewish people either. Why don't we look at him as the forefather of the Jewish people? By the way, what do we call Goyim? What are they called? B'nai? No, no, Goyim. Goyim in general. B'nai? The sons of? Noach. B'nai Noach. Noachai. They're called B'nai Noach. They're called called by Noach. We're called children of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. The Christians in his why? Why don't we consider Noach the, the first Jew? So listen to the difference in their lives. Listen to this. Look at their lives. There's such a stark contrast. You were just pointing this out, David. want to say something Matan?
1: But it's also said something about the Midrash Mesotah Berachan. Yeah. Oh, Noach. He didn't save his nation. No. Hold on, hold on. We're going to get to it. We're going
0: to just. It. Noach is not the father of Judaism. Abraham Avinu is the father of Judaism. Why? Mm-hmm. Noach, I just I started off by saying, look at these. Do you know anyone else in the Torah that when it introduces him it says so much nice things about him? Anyone else? What? Does it say that about Yitzchak Avinu? Does it say that about Yaakov Avinu? Does it say that about Aaron Kohen? Does it say that about a Miriam Hanviah? And Noach, who is not the father of Judaism, who we're looking at as a non-Jew, he is all the praises in the world. Based on the What's going on? The okay. After- so what's going on? Because, because the Eastern... So the difference between yeah. Noach and Avraham, and this is tremendous ramifications. Yeah. I want to tell you something the Ramchal says, which is amazing. Yeah. Noach had a mission. My friend, Noach, you're the only one that's at all righteous and fit to be saved from this generation of totally wicked people, corrupt and wicked people. So you have a mission. For the next 120 years, I want you to build a teva, which is a boat why 120 years, says Rashi. Hashem wanted to give a long sentence of building this boat so that every day while he's banging away and building the planks and building the, uh, the whole ship, people We're would pass by.
1: People, yeah,
0: people would walk by and they would say, Noah, what are you doing? Noah's up to his crazy tricks again. And he would say, look, Hashem told me there's going to be a mabul and you're, everyone's going to get destroyed if we don't do Teshuvah. And Hashem said, if you do this, maybe people will do Teshuvah. And there won't be a Mabul. No, no, Hashem no, no, didn't no. want to bring a Mabul to destroy everything. Okay, so what ended up happening? He's doing this. Did anybody listen? Nobody listened. Nobody listened. People laughed at him. Everybody laughed at him. He was totally unable to influence his generation. Actually, the opposite. He, when he was going to go in, we learned, <inaudible> the people in the generation said, if you try to go in, what are we going to do? We're going to smash the Tevan, we're going to kill you. I, I to not only did they me not me. listen to him, they were totally against him. He was totally unsuccessful in influencing his generation. By the way, who did he, who did he save? Himself, his, his family, family, the animals. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Tadiq, beautiful. He was completely unsuccessful in saving his generation. The Mabul happened, the whole world was destroyed, and he wasn't able to save any of those people that he was supposed to try to save. Now let's talk about Avram Avinu. Avraham Avinu His very name, Avraham. When his name is changed from Avram to Avraham, Avram was Av the Av in Arab. Avraham, Av Hamon Goyim. What does it mean? The father of the multitudes of nations. Avraham Avinu was appointed to be the father of the entire world. And we see this many examples. First of all, we say in Lech Lecha, who did he bring with him to Eretz Kenan? Esh, asher asu becharan. The people that he had made in Haran. And one pshat is the slaves that he had bought. The other pshat is, is that Avraham was Megayer the men. He converted the men to monotheism. Sarai was Megayer the woman. She spoke to them about God. And what ended up happening is they had tons and tons of people coming with him, traveling with them, part of his household. They weren't his kids, but he had spread monotheism. He had influenced them with his chesed, and he had taught them about a Many examples of this. We know that Abraham used to have a place that the strangers, the passerby's, would stay there, and he would teach them. Give Hashem a bracha, and he would end up influencing them. Shamaim Abraham spread godliness throughout the entire world, and the result, by the way, speaks for itself. What you call the Abrahamic religions—that's all because of Abraham Avinu. It's unbelievable. Really, it's all breakoffs of Judaism. But the point is. It all comes from Avram Avinu. He spread system, godliness. He took responsibility and spread godliness throughout the world. That's what the world calls it. I don't like to say it because it creates a certain equivalency, which I don't appreciate. That's why it's called that. That's why it's called that. It's called that. That's, that's it's called that. Abrahamic religions, fine. But the point is, Abraham's entire life's mission and what he was successful in doing was influencing and taking care of the entire world. And he was successful. Noach. Hashem said he couldn't do it he couldn't do it he tried he said look do teshuva, The coming. nobody listened to him nobody listened to him where does this come from this comes from as follows listen to this what's the outcome of this the Ramchal says in Sefer Derech Hashem an amazing thing does a guy have a neshama does a goy have a neshama does he have a soul what do you think what do you think, Shlomo? Does a Goy have a soul? The answer is he does. But, so listen to this. Ramchal explains as follows. Goy has a soul, but it's a much lower level soul. Let me explain what that means. Adam shown when he was originally created, he had a tremendous level of soul to the degree that whenever he would do things that influenced of HaReshit, everything, you did mitzvah, you did ave, influences the whole world, everywhere, all the Olamot, etc., Damarishon sinned, and the people dropped to a very low level, and the rest of the world remained at that lowly level until one person came along and said, "I want to be an Evan Hashem, and I want to be God's people." And who was that one person? Well, Avram Avinu. So what HaKadosh Baruch who did was He granted him back that very lofty level of soul. And the Ramchal explains an amazing thing: What's the difference if they both have soul? So what's ultimately the difference? Listen to this. Moshe Chaim Lutzato, explains as follows. A goy, if he does the things he's supposed to, let's say, Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, he gets rewarded. He gets re- But he only has the ability to influence his own successes. His own Hatzlacha. Meaning, he does the right thing, he gets rewarded, he gets good things. But a Jew, who has the higher level soul, because Avraham Avinu chose to be God's people, and we benefit from that every day of our lives, When we do something, we influence the entire world, all of the Olamot, all of Bria. Which means, if a Jew does the right thing, everything is influenced positively. If a Jew does the wrong thing, everything, Chas V'Shalom, is influenced negatively. Gemara and Kiddushin elaborates on this principle and says that a person should always look at it as if he is 50-50. Mechza al-mechza, 50% mechza a mechza 50 percent he has 50% uh, mitzvot and 50% avirot. If he does one mitzvah, he tilts himself and the entire world to the side of positivity. And chas shalom one avera, he tilts the entire world, himself and the entire world, on the negative side. The entire world is contingent upon the behaviors of the Jew. And the reason for that is because Akadosh Baruch Hu made the neshama, the souls of Jews, something that influences the entirety of creation. And where does this come from? Why was that the outcome? From the storylines, you understand why that's the outcome. Because Noah was given a mission to try to influence the world, and what ended up happening? He was unsuccessful. Noah tried to influence, he wasn't successful. He didn't have it within him to influence the world. He was a tzaddik. He was tamim, ayah Dorotav. He had all of these accolades, yet... He didn't influence the world. Says Rashi in the beginning of Noach to tell us, well, why wasn't he the father of Judaism? Why don't we say, Noach, Avraham, Yitzvah, and Yaakov. You know what Rashi says? Because he was not Avraham Avinu. Because he needed Hashem's support and he wouldn't have been anything in the generation of Avram. Why wouldn't he have been anything in the generation of Avraham? Because he was nothing near a, Although he was tzaddik, he was Tamim, he was all of the great things, he did not influence the world. And who did take responsibility for the world? And who did influence the world? And what ends up happening now is an amazing thing. What but ends the up happening is... is the,
1: line, the the This is what ended up even Esad the, lens, even the was not in the, right way.
0: Even the Fair enough. I'm just saying the point is ultimately... The first Jew is Avraham because he understood and took responsibility for the world and he influenced the world in the most positive of ways. He had chesed, he understood, I am Av Hamon Goyim and I'm going to take my job seriously and do it properly. Noach didn't have that same success. And what emerges then is, Hashem is Mishabed. Hashem therefore made all of the Briyan, all of the Olamot and the future and the past and everything contingent on the behaviors of what the Jew does. Because our ancestor, Avram Avinu, took responsibility and took his job seriously and was the father of all of mankind. So we, to a certain degree, became the father of mankind too. What do I mean by that? When we do something correct, we're not just influencing our own successes, we're influencing the entire world in the right direction. You do one mitzvah, you put on tefillin, you pray one prayer, you go to shul, all of the things that we're supposed to do, you're changing the entire bria in the positive way you do chas v'shalom, something wrong, also you're changing all the briyat, but in a negative way. When the guy does something, he's also influencing himself, himself, lower level, simple, lower level, that's the distinction between the two. Until today, we benefit from that, it's a responsibility that we have, tremendous responsibility that we have that we have to be aware of, and it's a tremendous ma'ala that we have that we have to be aware of as well. But what comes out is, that's why in the beginning of the parasha, the psukim emphasized he wasn't Avraham Avinu. Because he wasn't there. It's true he was a tzaddik and he influenced himself positively, but he did not have the hatzlacha influencing his generation. He is not our ancestor, Avraham Avinu. And what emerges then is, if you look at this, is a duality. There's a contrast here. On one hand we say, Okay! Wow, we're so amazing. Clap ourselves on the back. I get to be part of that gener- part of that nation. But on the other end, we have to say it to ourselves, we have a tremendous achayut. We have a tremendous responsibility. A nice guy who does shemetzut he's doing exactly what he needs to do. He's influencing himself in the right way, perhaps his family, but that's it. His in, his actions don't affect outside of that bubble. That's fine. But if we, chas v'shalom, do the wrong thing, we're damaging the entirety of Bria. And if we do the right thing, we're influencing positively all of the Bria. Now let's get back to the question we mentioned before. Why are we held to such a double standard? It's so not fair. We all know why we're held to a double standard. It comes from anti-Semitism as well, but it's very simple because the reality is we're held to a higher standard because we need to be held to a higher standard, because there's more expectations of us. We're Amon we're God's people. Our actions are far more impactful on the global and the scheme of things than the other people. That's not racism. That's how the world was built. Hashem put into Bria that our actions are far more impactful. We have way more achrayut, much more responsibility in that sense. So, they take it in an anti-Semitic way, which is that, okay, let's hold them and point at them when they don't even do something wrong. But we have to remember there's truth to that also. Because if we do something small that's incorrect, the impact affects the entire world in a far more negative sense than if one guy does something wrong. So If we suspect that we're going to do, the point is we're held to a higher standard because our actions are far more influential. That's the point. What's that? What's that? Exactly. You just mentioned that Gemara and Exactly. The point is that since we have the ability to influence the world in a far more impactful way, therefore we are held to a higher standard. Because if a Jew goes and does something wrong, it does affect the entirety of the world. I don't know if they know that whole cheshbon, but deep down they probably know that a Jew is held to a higher standard to some degree because he needs to be, because his, his actions are far more influential. Whereas a guy, if he does something wrong, okay, it affects him negatively, but it doesn't change all the mitziyut. Expect Fine. So when these things come out from the news, they look at the Israelis and the Jews and they say, how could you do this, that, and the other? And Hamas did it last week. Be- because it's, expect- it's expected more of us. That's the reality. Now, sometimes they make up stuff all together, which is also true. But there's a reason we're held to a higher standard. And I want to finish off with this, because this hit me really last night. I have a neighbor in my... Uh, Building, I think she's an Arab. I'm pretty sure she's an Arab. We get along very well, no problems, nothing, no issues. She's very nice. Very nice her, she's back, very nice to us, etc. So I got a knock on my door last night, it was probably about 7 o'clock. She was at the door, and she looked so sad. And she came over to me to apologize for what's going on to the Jewish people in Israel. She came over to my door to apologize. And she said, I know these people. This Hamas she was talking about. I don't know if, if it's family. I don't know exactly what. But I know these people and they're terrible people. But your people, the Jewish people, are godly people. And you should know we know that. We understand that. And she just went on apologizing about how the Jews are being treated in, in the Holy Land right now. They know we're a godly people. What does that tell us? I'm not saying whatever the You're right. You're right. 100%, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But the point is, the world knows we're a godly people. When we fall short of that, even a small bit falling short of that, that's a problem. That's a big problem. We're God's people. So we have to realize. They realize that. We certainly have to realize that. And we have an achrayut. we have responsibility. Our actions change all of reality. You think it's the Israeli government that's gonna protect the Jews in Israel? You think it's the Israeli army that's gonna protect the Jews in Israel? The only one we rely on is Akadosh Hu. He will take care of us. He has taken care of us for thousands of years, and he'll continue to take care of us. Everybody wants to know what's the Israeli army gonna do, what's the what's the Israeli government gonna do? do, what's the American army? What's What's Biden going to do? They're not going to save us from this situation, just like they didn't save us from any past situation. The only one who say Hashem uses shluchim, obviously. There's messengers He utilizes. Sometimes that's the Israeli army. Sometimes that's Joe Biden. Sometimes that's uh, Hamas. He uses shluchim. The point is, we have to realize the only being that can actually save us from any situation and take care of us is Akadosh Baruch And we have to do our part, which means we have to realize we have chayut, we have responsibility. Our responsibility is to be God's ambassadors in this world. And that means we have to represent Hashem in the highest of levels as the Goyim expect of us and as we certainly should expect of ourselves. It's not Hashem. We should realize who we are. Realize all of Bria is Mishuabad to our actions. All of Bria is, is based on, all of the good and the bad, Chas V'Shalom, is based on what we do. We have a much higher level soul like the Ramchal tells us. To so realize our actions are very impactful. Bizat Hashem, if we really realize that, and we take that to heart, and we improve, and we do the things that we're supposed to, we're going to see yeshuot without question very soon in our days. Bizat Hashem, we should only hear good news for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Gentlemen, have a wonderful night.